Do you think we should give everybody a heads up that it's the morning versus the afternoon and we're so caffeinated? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Instead of our usual afternoon slump, (laughs) we're actually quite punchy today. Good morning, ladies. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome back to the Modern Lady Podcast. You're listening to episode 50. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay. And today we're talking about Instagram. The good, the bad, the ugly, the perfectly curated. The Insta struggle is real. How much to share, when to share it, algorithms, demographics, memes, truth bombs, Instagram versus reality, to filter or not to filter. You know, when you list it all out loud like that, it's no wonder that those of us who use social media regularly sometimes struggle with this desire to be authentic while knowing what proper balance looks like online. But first, if you are a fan of the Modern Lady Podcast, Michelle and I would be so thankful if you were to take a minute and rate and review our podcast on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. Every time someone gives us a new rating or review, it helps our little podcast become more visible. Your comments truly mean the world to us. This week's shout out goes out to Janet Schmerber, who left us a comment on our Facebook page and said, quote, oh man, I just found y'all. Truth bombs exploding everywhere. Thank you so, so much. What a lovely, lovely space you two have here. Sips coffee and contentedly sighs, end quote. Thank you so much for reaching out and saying hello, Janet. We're so glad that you found us and that you're enjoying the show. We loved hearing from you and are so happy that we're now connected. And if you would like to leave us a comment, you can do so on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com, or you can leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram, where you can find us at The Modern Lady Podcast. But before we get into today's chat, Lindsay has our modern lady tip of the week. Michelle, I don't know if you know this, but I'm kind of a candle expert. I mean, you don't work at Purewood Imports for 11 years and just forget all of the product knowledge that we had to have for that job. So today I want to share with you some great tips for getting the most out of your candles during this winter hygge season. So generally there are four different sizes of candles, tea lights, votives, pillars, and tapers. Now tea lights are in their own self-contained little containers that are usually the thin metal, but sometimes glass or plastic. If I'm using glass candle holders, I try to find the tea lights that are in the clear containers so that you don't see the silver through the candle holder. Tea lights are great. They usually burn for about four hours. They burn well and they're easy to clean up. Now votive candles are the next size up. They're a few inches in height, but the most important thing to know about them is that they liquefy. You need to put votives in votive cups or else you'll have a hot mess of wax all over your table. They usually have a higher composition of scent or oil in them and so these usually have a much stronger smell than some other sizes of candles, especially as they liquefy. Votives can burn for quite a long time and then they re-solidify once they've cooled down and so this allows you to reuse them lots of times before they completely evaporate. Now the main complaint with votives is trying to get that wax out of the votive cup. 
there's two really great ways. The first thing is you can pop the whole votive cup right into the freezer. And even in after a couple hours, you can just with a butter knife, it'll pop right out. But the second tip is a secret one, and it's my preferred method. So you actually put a little bit of water in the bottom of the votive cup, just enough to cover the bottom of the cup, but not too much. Then you put your votive in, light it and use it. This will essentially grease the votive cup and the entire candle will slide out when it's completely done and cooled down. It's just really easy. Now, pillar candles. These are your regular large size candles, right? So you want to burn these for an hour per inch across the diameter in order to get it burning down perfectly and evenly across the top. When we kind of just light a candle and then blow it out, we let it burn only for a short time. The candle will just burn down the center around the wick. We used to call that tunneling. You also want to rotate these candles every time you light them, kind of like just a quarter, just turn it a quarter. This is because there are drafts that we don't even notice in our rooms that can kind of burn down one side more, and this will also help it burn more evenly. Also, as the sides start to soften, especially if you're following the hour per inch rule, you're going to just gently with your thumbs roll down that soft edge as it starts to burn towards the edge so that that, max, uh, that wax burns into the middle. It's also really important to trim the wick before lighting the candle every single time so that it's not bent over like facing one side of the candle. But here's another tip. Those little bits of wick that soot on them, oh, it transfers to everything. I don't know if you've had this problem before, but even if the tiniest black spots on your finger and you touch your couch or anything, it will transfer. So just make sure you're really, really careful with those wicks. Now, lastly, there are taper candles. These are your classic regular dining table candles, the tall and skinny ones. The tr they're, they're quite trendy again right now in that kind of Scandinavian modern look. But the ones that we're burning now are more of a column candle. So they're a tall, skinny taper, but they don't taper. Nowadays, these candles are dripless. And back in the 80s, I mean, you were constantly scraping candle wax off, off tablecloths. But for the most part, they're, they're dripless now. But again, pay attention to drafts and keep that wick trimmed so that it's not burning towards one side. The other tip, and this is the last tip, any candles that you're burning on a dining table or around where there's food. So if you're setting up maybe a buffet, they have to be unscented. You really don't want to have scent mingling with the food scents. It really can change the flavor of the food as you put it into your mouth. Wow. Uh, you know what? You kind of lost me for a little while there when you uh, imposed math on me I with lighting sorry. candles. <laughs> Yes. I was like, diameters? What's happening? I thought we were relaxing with candles here. I used to, when I would explain that to customers, I actually just yes. fell right back into Pier 1, Lindsay. Like, I remember <laughs> explaining this to every customer, and I would watch their faces go, oh, what? Like, I'm just trying to buy a candle here. I have to do all this work. But trust me, Michelle, yeah, I do these things, and it makes a huge difference, especially if you're buying good quality candles. In a lot of ways, it seems that social media is the whirlwind sensation of our generation. Instagram in particular, which launched nearly 10 years ago now, has grown, changed, and developed so quickly within that time that we may find it difficult to remember a time when we didn't have an instant view of the world literally in our back pockets. Right, Lindsay? Yeah, you and I have been talking a lot about Instagram since we started this podcast over a year ago. And mm -hmm. it's funny because I think both of our views on Instagram have changed a lot over this last year. Yes. Oh, totally. We would have discussions, right, about um, trying to 
reached people via Instagram. And over the course of the year, that's kind of gone back and forth, up and down. I'm sure if you follow us on Instagram, you <laughs> notice there are like periods of times like, wow, they're posting a lot. And then not at all. Yeah, really. <laughs> it's true. We were aware that we needed to, quote, create a brand. I mean, even that mm-hmm. kind of language is something that has entered into the vernacular over the last couple of years, right? I think most people know what you mean when you say create a brand versus 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I love Facebook more than you love Facebook. We've talked about this before on our social media episode, on our very first episode ever. And I use Facebook differently than I use Instagram. Um, so I would say that my Facebook has more intentionality behind the posts. Now, my Instagram, though, is truly a labor of what I'm loving or doing at that moment. Like there's no, Mm -hmm. I don't put a lot of thought into my Instagram. Mm -hmm. And when I've thought about putting thought into my Instagram, like what you were saying in your opening, I just become so overwhelmed by all that. I'm like, nope, forget it. Like I just want my Instagram to be a fun place to go. And so, yeah, there might be like four pictures of a, in a row of like the food I'm cooking on the same plates, like that don't right. look good when you look at the feed from far away, but I'm really into <laughs> cooking this week. So there's going to be a lot of pictures about food. And so I, I'm okay with that. But like you, we both still go, wait, should we be okay with that? Like, should we be cultivating it more to look like a, a an actual um, curated feed? But I'm yeah. actually okay with it not being like that. Mm-hmm. And in a weird way, it's this thought, like, are we are we going back to this with our pictures of food? Like what you're saying. Yeah, right. So just to be clear here, this episode is all about Instagram trends and how mm-hmm. not trendy they are, but also what the new trends are so that you can be up to date on those new trends in case you also want to avoid the trends. So are we confused <laughs> yet, Michelle? <laughs> when it comes to Instagram, I feel like nowadays I'm always a little bit confused. <laughs> it's the state well, of mind that I am. <laughs> that's right. Well, we're here to help, right? So let's mm-hmm. Talk about a few of the trends that are really over and then talk about some of the new things that are happening. And I'm actually really excited about the new things that are happening. I think you and I were getting a little Instagram board, Instaboard and Instaboard. And I feel like what is kind of on the horizon for 2020 is a little bit exciting. So we'll get there, but let's talk about why a lot of people became Instaboard. And it's things like the Insta wall. Do you know what I mean when I say Insta wall? You will as soon as I describe. Okay. Okay. Yes. So many businesses realized that they could draw traffic into their physical locations by having an Instagram worthy wall. So they either had it painted really cool with like angels wings that people would stand in front of. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Right. A Um, backdrop. A backdrop. So they created backdrops and they're called Insta walls technically. Um, And so they, it worked, it worked for a long time, but you're not going to find the hardcore Instagrammers ever going near those walls. Now they're done. Like they want to find new creative, authentic backdrops that are natural, but that, so that, that trend of having that Instagram worthy wall is done. Same with Instagrammable pop-ups. So there were deliberate pop-ups created knowing that they would bring people to them to take Instagram photos. What I'm talking about are like little museum pop-ups that had like art installations that are multifaceted mirrors with lighting. Do you know what I mean? And you'd stand in the middle of it and take those awesome photos. Yeah, the Mm -hmm. photos look cool, but you won't catch a real Instagrammer in those spots now. And so um, I guess one of them was just created and it cost a lot of money and it was a total flop. Nobody went. Oh, 
And they're finding that Instagrammers who have like 100,000 followers, they're losing followers daily if they post those types of photos. Like people don't want to see that. Yeah. Like a manicured hand holding a cup of coffee. You're actually losing followers they're showing um, on a daily basis if you post a photo like that now. Interesting. I'll have to rethink our daily posts for episodes on Instagram. (laughs) I feel like don't, you're just I don't describing what we do. <laughs> I don't, I truly don't want to stress people out with it. Like, oh yes, totally. You know, yeah. And, and it's I think interesting. a lot of us, it is interesting. Like mm-hmm. some of the food and I love posting food. Oh my goodness. I am one of those, but some of the, like, we don't want to see another piece of avocado toast or a smoothie bowl or naked cakes, or there's another one. Did you ever notice the trend of like really gorgeous supermodels trowing down on huge bowls of pasta? This is like a huge trend where they're like shoving like spaghetti into their mouths. And then it's things like give up carbs over my bread body or. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never get over puns, though. Like puns are the trend that live forever. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I are both readers and writers. So we like that part. But or the other one is I love using hashtags because they look like waffles. (laughs) (laughs) Not wrong. Right, right. It's not the, wrong. <laughs> the carb jokes are a little done. And just sure. lastly, this idea of like having the lavender field or the sunflower photos. Mm, mm-hmm. People are really actually rejecting that because they're understanding the environmental impact. Did you hear about the place that is near us? It's about 30 minutes away that actually had to get shut down by the police because it caused havoc. Like 4,000 people what? descended upon this lavender farm. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. I didn't hear about this. Oh, my goodness. So you and I live near enough to Toronto that people commute, right? So right Mm -hmm. to downtown Toronto. So this farm, I won't give the exact location, but it's about the halfway point between where you and I live and Toronto. And they had, so they, it was a beautiful lavender farm and they had it open and they knew people would come do photos. So they were making money off it and good for them, right? They were charging Mm -hmm. ticket prices and they had some good lavender products and that sort of thing. Well, the one weekend when it was in full bloom, it became so insane. I'm not kidding. About 4,000 people showed up, shut down all the roads, and then people just started bursting through the barricades and like <gasps> trampling their fields. And the police had to come and escort people all off the property and shut <gasps> down the roads around it. <laughs> oh my God. The dark side of Instagram. Yes! Oh yes! my word. <laughs> I right? had not heard about that. Yeah. Okay, so but that's done now. <laughs> yeah, that's done now. And and th- this part of the topic is done now too. Like we could go on and on, you know. Mm-hmm. We're not here to shame anybody for using it. We right. just want to talk about the creative, the good side of Instagram. And so we really want to focus on what the good things are happening on Instagram. Mhm. So you were alluding to the 2020 trends that are coming yes. up for Instagram. So what do I need to do for the modern lady Insta feed? <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Well, yes. the, the truth is Instagram is one of, if not the most valuable adver- advertising tool right now, right? So we can't sure. get around that. More people are turning to look up um, places and businesses and items on Instagram than they are on Google right now. Did you know that? Young people uh, are using it as a yeah. search engine. I didn't know that as a fact, but you know what? I've I have done that <laughs> before. Yeah, me too. I was going to say, that's where I go to first now for an mm-hmm. item or a store, right? So Instagram isn't going anywhere and we do enjoy it. It is a good place. So let's make it a better place. And again, I want to just be really clear here. We're not slamming creative people and especially women. This is a, a podcast by women for women. We want to say that the women who are using Instagram as a side hustle because they want to be home with their kids and can make a little money off it because they're creative is great. That's not yeah. what we're saying. 
what you and I are starting to reject, and we're not alone in this, are the brands that are a single person, but that have an entire team behind them. And you know, they have 20 people making everything absolutely perfect on their Instagram just so they can sell stuff. We're kind of Mm -hmm. done with that. And a lot of people are rejecting that. So going into 2020, Michelle, the first trend is the no edit edit. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So it's like the natural makeup, like the no makeup makeup look. Yes. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Yep. So you're still wearing makeup. You're so the same thing is that you're still editing it, but it's not the heavily edited, overly saturated, perfect photos that we've seen in the past. Now, a lot of the Instagram accounts that rose to fame um, were not cell phone photos, um, right? People would use their Mm -hmm. like DSLR cameras and they would take beautiful photos, beautiful photography. And they would upload those photos, they would edit them and then put them onto their Instagram. Well, a lot of these biggest accounts and the new ones and all the young people are using their phones. So you're not going to find those perfectly crisp photos on Instagram going into 2020. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And the photography is one of the things I keep coming back to on Instagram, even for myself. Sometimes, like I'll even say to Phil, I'm like, sometimes I just put pictures in because I want to play around with the editing yeah. yeah, of it. And I don't have a message or a caption or anything in mind. I just really enjoy um, playing around with brightness and contrast and pictures and stuff. So it's a, yeah, exactly. that makes sense. And so it was, that was the whole point of it. It was a photo. It was a photo sharing app and you could edit your photos for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, that's what I love doing too. Just like you, I don't want to write a blurb every time. Sometimes I just want to share a photo that looked cute from my kids or my house. Um, the next thing is user generated content. Now, what this means is that businesses have clued in that they don't need to take their own photos, and spend money on oh. advertising, <laughs> right? So if they have nice jewelry or nice clothing or any of those cool things, they're realizing that people are taking photos of their watch or the rings that they're wearing and they're tagging the company in it. Well, boom, that company mm. now has an Insta feed that's completely user generated. And we see this a lot with um, Insta stories. You and I do this all the time where we share, if somebody shares something about our podcast, we then mm-hmm. share their share, right? And it's those yes. that. So that really started in Insta stories, but that's really translating now into actual feeds where people are then sharing other people's photos and giving them proper credit. Always very important. But you can generate um, your feed by sharing other people's photos. Mm-hmm. It's smart business. And mm-hmm. these, these people who are taking the pictures usually are the creatives and the people with the know-how to make them look professional quality. So that's right. And it gets their name out there too. That's right. And I actually think this is really cool. And I'm trying to think about it on a non-business way, like just our own Mm -hmm. personal feeds. And I thought, because I I share people's Insta stories if they're doing something that inspires me, but with their permission, I'd love to sometimes share their photos in my feed, right? And then it only benefits them as well if they have a public account and they are interested in gaining new followers. And again, not in a business way, just trying to grow your feed so that you can have a bigger community around you. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm kind of wondering how we can do that, you know, on our own feeds. So the next trend is, and this one threw me. So drum roll, please, Michelle. Edit a drum oh, roll okay. in. I'm just um. kidding. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. <laughs> there you go. So it's emojis, right? Like it's all yes. of a sudden 2005 or something. So emojis are huge still. And this is due to the popularity of the like um, 
GIFs, 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 emojis that are in the Insta stories. People are becoming really creative with how to use these and it's really fun. And so there's a lot of injecting humor, which I love. Mm-hmm. I want it, mm-hmm. everything to be a little bit more lighthearted, injecting humor into your photos and into your videos by using emojis. Oh, that is so interesting. And I like what you're kind of talking about how the young people are using Instagram mm-hmm. versus how we use Instagram at our age. So um, like, are there some definite, because I've wondered actually about this. I don't follow many generation z or millennials on instagram but the few that i do follow i have commented to you know my sister and and everything i was like they they have a different sense and a different take on what to do on this platform yeah you're so right i first of all i think it at at first it felt weird to follow at nearly 40 anybody who's gen z like i don't i feel like it's voyeuristic so i kind of (laughs) stayed away from that but i have a daughter who's turning 13 um, in two days. So I'm going to have my first teenager in the house. I keep waiting, oh. Michelle, as a side note for someone mm-hmm. to be like, oh, you don't look old enough to have a teenager. And it, has, <laughs> it hasn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I Lindsay, do. you don't right. look old enough to have oh, a teenager. Oh, Michelle, you're Get too here. kind. You're too Get kind. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because I don't edit my photos. This is one of the things on Instagram. So you see it all on my Instagram, right? The, like you're saying the good the bad the wrinkly um so when you see me in real life you see that I am being authentic this is it this is the call to authenticity <laughs> right <laughs> talk about this one media consultant in this great article that was in the Atlantic talked said basically the jig is up like we all know we're faking mm. it on Instagram and people mm-hmm. are over it and that everybody is feeling a genuine sense of being stressed and anxious over what to post and how to um, create the perfect feed and he's like so it's not that there's not going to be perfect photos in the future. It's that the energy is shifting and the people that are leading this energy shift is Generation Z. So it is my daughter mm. and it's her friends. Now, my daughter doesn't have Instagram yet and she has asked for for, for her birthday Um Without going too much into it, um, our listeners can do what they want with their own kids, right? It's your house, your rules. My husband and I have decided that we will allow her to have Instagram, but it's coming with a lot of talking and we're using it as a tool and as a teaching experience for her. And we're going to work with her on her Instagram. And we're going to do this because what I think we all need to do, whether you're 13 or 39, is be a leader on social media. Start the trends. Be creative. You don't have to do what everybody else is doing. And this is what we're talking with her about. So we're helping her cultivate her own creativity and her own sense of leadership while she starts to navigate the social media world. Mm-hmm. That's good because, you know, as we were saying before, like this isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Um, it's only going to get more, uh, not invasive, more prevalent part of yeah. our lives, right? Going into the future. So it behooves us to think of ways that we can um, start to teach our children how to use it properly and use it well as the tool it's meant to be. Because I think it was so shiny and new for us and our yeah. generations. We've learned a lot of good lessons that now we can kind of uh, form a proper usage and proper perspective of what social media is meant to be for our kids. Yes. And now one of these things with these young Generation Z girls, so I'm talking 13, 14, I think we're quick to jump on them and try to look for all of 
the horrible things that we think they're doing on social media. And some of them are, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm married to a police officer. I know the dark side. It, it, we mm. are not, you know, pretending there isn't a dark side, but so let's acknowledge that and move on. What I want to talk about is when I first started seeing the photos of these girls specifically, mm-hmm. boys are doing this too, but I, I, I'm talking about girls here. The, they're, their photos on Instagram are so different than what we're posting. It's the complete opposite. And so this is what you're talking about when you're asking about the contrast between Gen Z and kind of the millennials using Instagram. Mm-hmm. So their photos, they ha- they're doing something called flash photos. And I've seen this for about the last year and a half where it's like in a dirty mirror, they, their flash is on, which is obscuring their face. You're seeing their body, but not in a bad way. And they're usually mm-hmm. in huge sweatshirts. So it's not like a body post. Okay. And the mirror's filthy versus us quickly windexing a section of the mirror before we do a selfie on Instagram. Um, and they're doing a lot of these kind of boring selfies and they're being silly and they don't look perfect. And these girls aren't wearing makeup and they're in, like I'm saying, these huge sweatshirts and they're being fun with their friends. And at first I was looking at it going, okay, this, their Instagram is terrible. Like where are these gorgeous photos? <laughs> but then I realized they're doing something really cool and they're rejecting the fakeness of our generation. And I'm really inspired by it. And so there's this one girl that was quoted in that article in the Atlantic and her name is Claire, like you're Claire and she's 15. And she said, it's just not cool anymore to be manufactured. And I was like, yeah, Claire. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Way to go. It's very astute for a 15 year old. You said she was 15. Yeah. She's very observant. Yeah. And I thought, Maybe it's time we stop slamming these young kids and we take a little page from their book and just Mm -hmm. go back to using it for fun and being a lot more authentic than what the women our age are showing. Right. Like it all boils down to, you know, reminding ourselves what was Instagram initially founded for? Maybe for a lot of us, um, maybe Instagram really is just for pictures of delicious food Mm. and the cat and the cute kids in their Halloween costumes and selfies in your bathroom mirror just because you're you think you look great today. (laughs) Yep. Right. We overthink things so much. Yeah. You know what? How you just said that. I also don't love when people slam selfies. I don't think your entire feed should be selfies. I mean, that that is a problem. Um, I think that you have to look inward and wonder why you're doing that. But I have also noticed over the years that when my girlfriends post selfies or when I post selfies, it's because I'm feeling really good about myself that day. And you can tell Mm -hmm. they're feeling good about themselves. And there is nothing wrong with feeling good about yourself and taking a photo and thinking, darn, I look good today. And Mm -hmm. so I also am okay with that with my daughter. And, And I'm realizing that the more I articulate these thoughts to her, I'm realizing things that I um my own views on social media that I've never really had to think out because I was just doing it naturally. But when you're teaching your daughter who's 13, how to use social media, it's a good chance to reflect back on the fact that there are good things and that there are bad things. And then kind of, it's a bit of a wake up call about how you use it as well. And so I think that there's a lot to learn from the next generation. There's a Mm -hmm. lot to let go of from our generation. It's like you said, going back to how Instagram was originally used and then seeing what it's kind of morphed into, 
we don't, we aren't locked into what it's morphed into. We can go, okay, yeah, right. that was fine. It was an experiment, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. It, yep. It's used as an advertising tool. And yes, people have made millions of dollars off it. That's fine. That's okay. But mm-hmm. we aren't obliged to use it like that. And I think that it's really important to realize that when we're explaining it to our children, as they start to um, navigate this world and, and teach them to be, yeah, an authentic leader in it, and then maybe take some tips from them about seeing how they're using it. Yeah, this uh, hearkening back to the original purpose of Instagram, I think can come down to, you know, this desire that we all have to be authentic and to be seen authentically by other people. And this, this desire and need to be creative. Mm -hmm. And I think what, um, what captivates so many of us with Instagram is that it's this perfect free tool that you can use to get that out of your system. And it can be a really fun, awesome and beautiful thing to enrich our lives and our friends' lives, keep us connected and keep us um, mentally creating all the time. It's it's actually something quite good when you get back to grassroots here. I 100% agree. I love the creativity aspect of it. And I think that so many of us are more creative than we think we are, but we might not be able to sit down and write you know, something. Um, we might not be able to paint. I can't paint or draw. But there you find what you can do and this is something a lot of us can do because a lot of us do see a beautiful tree we want to take a photo of or a sunset and all of these things and so being able to use the tool that's in our pockets all of us have our phones on us all the time mm-hmm. and use that to become creative and share a little bit of what we're seeing through our own eyes is a great thing it is artistic so let's not pretend it isn't artistic and let's not um belittle the people who are using it as a creative outlet but let's encourage Mm -hmm. ourselves and our children as they start to use instagram um, to express themselves creatively um, creatively and set a new trend and not necessarily have to follow all of the trends in place and if they do follow some of the trends that's okay too we're just saying that it's this call to authenticity that we see generation z spearheading and leading and i think they're really onto something Okay, it's time for our What We're Loving This Week segment of the show. So, Lindsay, what have you been loving this week? I have been, in, again, if you follow me on Instagram, <laughs> you'll see I've been doing <laughs> a lot of cooking, a lot of cooking. I've been pretty much in my kitchen six hours a day for the last week. And that comes with shopping for ingredients. And so Jason and I have made a point over the last couple of years to do as much shopping as we can at little local stores. And the same goes with dining at little local restaurants. We do really try to avoid the big chain restaurants if possible, Mm. but I want to share the story that happened. So when I was sick a couple of weeks ago, um, not only did I get a knock on the door that morning from you and you were delivering homemade chicken noodle soup from another local business, right? This all ties in Mm -hmm. together. A great spot out in New Hamburg. But then something happened a little later in the day that blew my mind. And there is a restaurant downtown Kitchener, Kitchener, Ontario, called the Rich Uncle Tavern. And they make really, really good food. And they're um, kind of on the border of higher end, but really good value for what you're spending there. And it's a beautiful restaurant. And they had posted this homemade pasta meal with um, 
a, a rich meat sauce. And I tagged Jason in the photo just saying, oh man, I wish we could eat that right now because it was their lunch special midweek. Mm-hmm. And they commented back, <clears throat> well, this is funny because it really is using Instagram. <laughs> Can That's right. Really think <laughs> this about is how an Instagram ties story. In. This is yeah. an Instagram story. <laughs> So they wrote back saying, oh, well, come on in for lunch today. And I said, oh, so sorry, I can't. I'm really sick today. Um, But be sure to put it on your menu for another night. Well, I got a private message almost immediately from the restaurant. And again, this is a locally owned small restaurant. They said, so sorry, you're sick. If you're a local, we would love to deliver you this lunch. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, no, 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 you don't have to do that, right? And they're like, no, Mm -hmm. we're happy to. And I said, well, I'll pay for it. They're like, nope, this is our treat for you. Just give us your address and we'll get out as soon as we can. So within a half hour, there was a knock at my door and the general manager was standing there and he'd given me pretty much a double portion (laughs) of this meal, right? And it was all hot and steaming still in the box. And he said, I am, we just want you to be feeling better. We're so happy to give you this lunch. Um, Hope you enjoy it. And left blew my mind. And this is something that can only happen when you care about your customer base and they're able to build that relationship. Thanks in part to Instagram, right? Because Mm -hmm. you can have that Mm -hmm. immediate connection with the people who are going to frequent your business and that's using Instagram for good. And so then I was able to turn around and share this good detail. I'd ask them, I asked them if they were okay if I shared it because mm-hmm. I didn't want them getting flooded with people saying, can right. I get a free meal? I'm sick. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. they wrote me back and they said, listen, we didn't do this for publicity. We, we did this as a little silent gesture. Of course, we're okay if you share it, but that wasn't our intention. I mm-hmm. was, of course, happy to share it because this type of business that cares about their clientele needs to be um, frequented by people. And so, yeah, I just want to share that as we go into the Christmas season, how important it is that we go to our little restaurants, maybe for our Christmas parties, we book a local place and that we just um, shop for our Christmas treats at our little local grocery stores that are often owned by, you know, um, a husband and wife team as some of the ones that I go to are and mm-hmm. that will give their kids Christmas presents. So that's, that's it. A little, yes. a little romanticizing the local mom and pop shops, but that's what I am loving this week. I love it. What about you, Michelle? What are you loving? So I am uh, almost finished an audiobook called Unbroken by Laura Hillenbrand. Have you heard of this book? No, I haven't. Okay, it was on a top nonfiction audiobooks list from Everyday Reading, who is one of my favorite Instagrammers and bloggers. <laughs> um, <laughs> she, this girl gets it right, though. That's Everyday Reading. Um, so she she put this book on the list, Unbroken. And it's a story about Louis Zamperini, who was an, Olymp- an American Olympic runner. He competed in the 1939 Olympic Games in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he fought in World War II as a pilot after the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. But the amazing part of this story, and I'm not finished it yet, I'm just getting to this part, and it's so fascinating, is that during one of his missions, his plane goes down in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And so from Goodreads, uh, it says... Quote, ahead of Zamperini lay thousands of miles of open ocean, leaping sharks, a floundering raft, thirst and starvation, enemy aircraft, and beyond a trial even greater. Driven to the limits of endurance, Zamperini would answer desperation with ingenuity, suffering with hope, resolve, and humor. Um, so, you know, it's funny to say for an audiobook, but it's a page turner. <laughs> 
And, <laughs> um, and it is definitely what I'm loving this week. It's just a really good nonfiction book if you're looking for something like that these days. Okay, that's going to do it for us this week. If you want to get in touch and chat with us about our topic today, you can find us on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com, or leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram at The Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle Sachs, and you can find me on Instagram at mmsachs. And I'm Lindsay Murray, and you can find me on Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> I'm just realizing we're giving our Instagram <laughs> handles. <laughs> at Lindsay Homemaker. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.